This is a content warning. All episodes of Mysteries Unknown may include foul language, fantasy violence, blood and gore, and worst thing of all, sexual content. Listener discretion is advised. Thanks, Wendy. Oh, friends, come join me at the booth. I'm so glad you could make it. I know this isn't usually where we hang out, but I think you're going to want to stick around anyway. Story's about to begin. Well, well, it looks like things are about to heat up for our players. When we last left off, after a brief encounter with the Leprechaun himself, they decided to travel to the abandoned fairgrounds on the other side of the city. Upon arriving, along with the Merry Men from Rowan, they began to search through the Hall of Mirrors, only to get caught in the crossfire of some craziness. Will our players get out of there alive? Can they defeat the Leprechaun once and for all? Let us find out. And it's almost like, kind of like, it almost looks like one of those last dance things where the guys are just moving slow more, tor- slow motion towards the danger. That's you and Hein, that's Rowan and Heinrich as they charge at this army of constru- of green construct leprechauns. Wicked. And as that happens, we're gonna cut back to Jensen. Okay. Are you- I assume you're leaving the office. You're gonna try to make your way back to the entrance. Yes. And try and get out. So as you step out through the broken mirror that you make that lead passageway, you see the leprechaun, not in the mirror, but he's actually physically standing like a few feet away from you, just holding little John's cane in his hand. Ah, pity, pity, a fool such as thee. Does the office door... It Was the mirror the door to the office, or was there a second door to the office no you the mirror opened a path that the broken mirror led to a pathway and then you went the pathway to the office okay so the office has its own door yes i am going to rush back into the office and close the door and lock it behind me that's like it's funny because the leprechaun starts chasing after you and you close the door as it leaps and it's like slam bonk <laughs> it's yeah, like I'm fuck like- you fuck you and he starts beating <laughs> on the door um, while I'm gonna desperately look around the office for another way out. Uh, how do I want to do this? Actually, no. I'll say there's like you see like the corner of the room has like an, has a little ladder that you can get up to the ceiling with. Okay. Um, as he runs past the wall to get to the ladder, he's gonna snap a picture with his phone of the board and shove his phone back in his pocket and climb the ladder up to the ceiling. Um, as you are climbing up to the ceiling, you start hearing, Get back! Get back here! Wait! What are you doing here? Wait! No! No! Please! Shut And there's Wait, silence. That was the leprechaun? That was, like... You hear, yeah, from outside the door. Well, that's not good. <laughs> I'm gonna hurry up the ladder and try where, try to get to wherever the ladder leads. So yeah, you get up the ladder. It's like, and as soon as you get up there, there's a boom as the door is just kicked off the hinges. Um, where when I get up the ladder, where do where do I end up? Uh, you're in the ceiling, and you can easily take it like across this, like across some wooden beams to the front of the building. Like, cause okay. you can like you can see like. There's, like, holes all over. You can, like, get out almost through the ceiling. Okay. Um, as he starts making his way across the beams to get out of the building, he's going to pull his phone back out and text that picture that he took of the board to Rowan so that if anything happens to him, the rest of the group has access to that information. Good play, good play. And then all right. try and get out of the building. So, yeah, you text that picture really quick to Rowan. 
And as you're trying to make your way across, Jensen, you just hear a coming from below. Can I just see the source? No, you can't see it in the ceiling. But you do feel the heat start to rise. Oh no! And then we're gonna cut out to Jens and Heinrich as they are now commencing battle with the Leprechaun Constructs. Uh, I need you all to roll go toe to toe, and because it's a large group, you're starting off at minus two for this. Oh man. So, Rowan? Um, share my luck with others, and plot armor. Oh, yeah, yo, I forgot y'all had Mm -hmm. that. (laughs) I forgot you had the plot armor story tag. And evade pursuers based off of um, being able to hit at one target while avoiding others. So was that four tags or three? Alright, so roll plus three. So this would be total plus one. Seven plus one is eight. Oh, yeah. Okay, alright. Heinrich! Yeah, I'll also use my plot armor and uh, self-preservation instinct. Oh, did you get plot armor? I thought oh. that was just... I really oh, think... No, yeah, that was just them. Never mind. So, which ones again? Uh, just self-preservation instinct. So, minus one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I have magically deflect harm and healing, but I don't know how I would do that. I would just say it's like kind of like the aura you have from your mythos. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's how I usually define that when I do characters, so... You have flat roll, then. Ooh, I got a nine. So you both are just barely holding on. It's like, you're like five by... It's almost like it's like one of those scenes where it's like you're back to back, and you're just kind of just swatting them out, stabbing them, shooting them, and they're all poof, 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 as they keep on coming. And then... Uh, Jensen, you are making your way across the steel beams as you see, as you see, other for your peripheral vision, green light. And it is like you are sweating. Um, is there, you said there were holes that led outside? In this yeah, you, yeah, you can get across the, uh, you can basically get across to the front and get out of there unless you want to risk it. Just try to hop, just jumping through. Um, I'm just going to jump through because after what I saw in the vision picture earlier, I know that this building is now on fire and I don't want to be stuck inside it when the flames reach me. So I'm going to take my chances and jump out. All right. Um, so I need your real face danger then for that one. Okay. So um, no, no negatives or anything. So can I add my cautious and alert tag? That would be very much helpful in this kind of scenario. Okay, yeah. I'm going to add that one. (laughs) Um, That's going to be a 12. So you're just jumping out through the ceiling? Mm Mm-hmm. It's like you hear, as as you, like, leap up to jump through, you hear something, like, try to jump up and grab you as it reaches through the ceiling, but you slip through its grasp as you just oof out through the ceiling right as this entire building goes up in green fire in flame and right at that moment all the constructs that Rowan and Heinrich were fighting just simultaneously disappear and give me another face danger roll to see how you land Jensen okay um I don't really have anything else to add to this so luck of the dice that's a four so plot armor so five. <laughs> so I'll just say like for a comic person, it's like it coming, and you just land right on top of Heinrich and Rowan. Just oh, dude, you couldn't have picked a better spot, Sorry, guys. Oh, either that or burn alive. Oh my tiny. <laughs> oh. <laughs> You all suddenly hear, coming from this burning hall of mirrors. You think you can stop me? And you see a very large figure step through the flames out into the carnival grounds. And Rowan, you recognize this man. 
Don't tell me it's Forsetti. Oh, it is. But not how you know him. He is in this wolf-like state. Nordic rooms are glowing all over his body. And in his hands, he he holds two large sickles, just dragging them on the ground. Do you have any idea what you're messing with? Clearly not. Jensen just mutters under his breath, death. He points his sickle at you, just as like, you are nothing but a false sheep. False shepherd. It's like, you, every, this city knows who I am. And I'm not saying it metaphorically, or rhetorically, or poetically, or theoretically, or any other fancy way. I am death. Straight up. Oh boy. Um. You think. You know everything about this city. And he points his sickle now at you, Rowan. Your man, Little John, he was just as corrupt as the rest of them. Why do you think we couldn't get the police to come to Cross End? It was dirty. Jensen, do you show him the picture? Yes. See. Actually, no. Yeah, it would have been part of the message that you sent him, too. Yeah, I sent him the text. I don't know if he's had a chance to look no. at it or not, but I'll, sh- I'll show him the picture and say, Little John was tied to a lot of city councilmen. So, death. Does it need to go this way? I do what is necessary for this city. It's like, there's, it's like, being a detective, I can't do shit! I shall eradicate the scum of this city by any means necessary. You've worked with us before. You know that we're not like that. And yet, you decide to stick your nose in where it shouldn't have been, just like you guys like to do. You were just supposed to get rid of one measly leprechaun. But even y'all could even do that. Can I subtly take a picture of him to see if I can get any insight to how he'll die? Roll sneak, uh, make it that sneak around roll. Okay. And you can use any of your tags for it, too. Um, I'm gonna do my preternatural stealth, flip past security, and the shadows conspire to hide me. So was that three? Yep. All right. 11. Yeah, so you're able to take this picture, and thankfully, the flash setting wasn't on. So, you take this picture, and you see... You see him standing still in the middle of all this green fire as, like, the vis- as like a visage of, like, a wolf skull, like, floats in the air above his head. It's not showing that he'll die. This is death incarnate. That's fair. If you didn't want us involved, why did you pull us in on the leprechaun hunt? Obviously, the leprechaun was tied to this place. He outlived his usefulness. Figured if we were able to get rid of him, we would be... Figured if I got rid of him, it would take the eyes off of everything else happening around us. But that's not the case. And now, I have to add to my kill count again. And he's going to charge at the three of you. Roll face danger. Oh. Oh, man. Um. So, all right. Throw in first. What rolls for face danger? Let's do... Made pursuers and always land on my feet. All right, plus two. And plus two, 12. All right, Heinrich. Uh, go with self-preservation instinct and magically deflect harm. All right, plus two. And I'm going to do cautious and alert. All right. 
gonna be 10 for me. I got 11. So yeah, you all are just able to just leap back as his sickles, like, like you feel the air as the sickles slice down and dig into the ground where you all just were. And he's just like, oh, I just love the smell of fear. All right, who wants to make the first move? We got a clear shot. Um, you're in the middle of this burning down amusement park, and you're just all in the middle of the fairgrounds. Um, I'm gonna do something that I haven't done before with my as quick as lightning. I'm gonna try just like as many stab wounds as possible with my Bowie knife. So quick as lightning. All right, what? And um, armor are gonna be the two tags that I use for this. Alright. This is gonna be a go toe to toe roll, because he is basically gonna see this coming. Okay. Seven plus two, nine. Alright, so. Alright, so pick one. Uh, achieve your goal, get them good, or block dodge counter. Um, I'm gonna do. Manage to achieve the goal. And what are you trying to do again? I'm trying to. Um, stab him. Okay. Now, you're not going to be able to do a status with that, though, because Achieve Your Goal doesn't give him the status. Mm-hmm. Did you want to get them good to give him a status? Yes. Let's Instead? do that. Okay, so... You're... So you just bolt forward, almost flashlight in this instant, as you are just reaching into your mythos to, like, bolt forward. And you just kind of, like... Yeah, you're just, like, just repeatedly stabbing him. I feel like Ron would have seen, like, the classic, you know... Um busy classic cartoon of Robin Hood going up against a wolf that's like some inspiration that he took for this <laughs> yeah but of course this you're giving him like a stab two status but this wolf is just taking it and because you weren't able to choose the option of block dodge counter as you're stabbing him he raises his one of his thighs and strikes it down into your shoulder as you feel a dig into your shoulder bone. Uh. And you get a... You get a... Hmm, how do I want to say this? Slice to three status. Oh. And do all of these yes. statuses, do they remove from your rolls? Yes. They, because if now that if you try to do something next, you're going to start with a negative three on your next roll if you try to do anything physical. Okay. I've been neglecting to do my cut yeah. one status on some of these rolls. Um, well, that's fine. It wasn't. Well, that doesn't matter anymore now. Now that you have a three status, so, so they don't stack. No, they will stack. It's just the highest one is what takes okay. effect. You're not going to do like negative four or anything like that. It's not that kind of stacking. Basically, what it is is you can have like a one, a two, and a three status, but only the three status is what's going to count against Understood. you. So, all right. So yeah, Heinrich and Jensen, you just see as Rowan rushes forward, stabbed the uh, stabbed the Forsetti repeatedly, and then watches as as the sickle got jammed into his shoulder. Mm. What y'all gonna do next? Did you want to go first or should I? Uh, you go ahead. I'm looking at something. Gotcha. So seeing that uh, Heinrich's gonna instead, like he was about to shoot the poison dart at the. Or, yeah, for Seti, but instead he's gonna reload a, a healing dart into it, and he's, I'm just gonna try healing Rowan. Okay, this is gonna be a changed game roll, so what are you trying to do? Alright, we're gonna use heal those wounded in battle and heal, heal the wounded and access the pharmacy. Well, actually, no. I, I was gonna say access to drugs, but I, I don't know if that works here. But what it? The good would, healing. Would 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 Heinrich keep drugs? Uh, keep drugs in his in his uh, medical bag. Uh, he has to keep some painkillers or something. Then <laughs> yes, I'll allow it. Awesome. So yeah, plus three. All right, I got a ten. And as he fires the dart, he says, "This might hurt a bit, or a lot." 
<laughs> I feel like I should activate the weakness tag just for that reason, but it's too late now, so I'm not going to worry about it. So, yeah, you just shoot this dart, and you feel, like, another twinge of pain as it as it, as it he hits it, as it goes into, like, your butt cheek. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but you feel this sudden wave of warmth and energy pass over you as you feel the wound on your shoulder start to close up as he has now removed that three status from you fully and completely yeah and i'll say the cut one isn't there either so you have no negative stasis on you right now Woo! all right uh jensen's gonna do anything i have a question for you a mechanics question for city of mist okay i know that in my perusing i want to say i saw something somewhere about there's a system for dropping a logos to take on a new mythos. Is that something that only happens between games or is that something that could trigger during the fight? Um, cause narratively I see this as a moment where Jensen in fear would slip farther into his mythos of the Reaper. What are you trying to do with this? Like what's your intention? My intention, if I can drop my loss of a loved one logos and instead pick up, I'm, I'm thinking the magic sword mythos and basically imbue my scythes with um, their own magical power. Okay, let me look at something here really quick. If I can Otherwise, Jensen is useless in a fight, which is fine. If that's not okay, I'm okay with that too. I just feel like narratively that would be this would be a really cool moment for something like that to happen. So you're trying to force a mythos to take over. Yeah, basically burn a logos to make room for a mythos. Okay, here's what we're going to have to have have happen. Okay. So, there's a move called stop holding back. But the only way to really like try to remove a theme on stop holding back is, it, is we have to make this like an ultimate stop holding back. Because you are trying to force this mythos to take over, and you don't know how it's going to turn out. So how many logos tags do you have? Two. So roll plus two. Okay. Ten. That's exactly what you needed. What? Yes. Ooh. Nice. So I'm going to say, as this happens, everything stops. And you are just standing there on the battlegrounds. Everything has stopped. Even the flames are still. What, does, what would the Reaper look like to Jensen? That's a really good question. I think... I think after everything that he's seen being with the Merry Men and the loss that he himself experienced when his mythos first took hold, he sees death as less of this like evil presence and more of just a neutral constant in the universe. And so very similar to how justice is typically depicted with a blindfold, to him, death is the same way. It's blind to everything. It just takes what, whoever's time it is, it's there to take them. So, man, woman, like, what would their physical appearance be? As I like, think since this Jensen is a man, he views death as a man. Um, so, kind of yeah. like like suit and tie type deal. Like almost Lucifer Morningstar esque. Um, I think I think he would view death as like wearing the fancy clothes, like slacks and a button-up tie. But instead of a suit coat, he wears a duster, very reminiscent of the dark cloak that death is typically depicted in media as wearing. But just a black duster coat with a blindfold across his eyes and very nice clothes underneath. I think for flavor purposes, I'd say instead of a blindfold, it's their like really black sunglasses, almost to the point that you can't see through them. That works. And yeah, this man, uh, like just this black shroud just spurls around and this 
being appears before you. Huh. So, deal with death, huh? Yeah, and this is your Mythos Incarnate, basically. Nice. You sure you want to do this, kid? Because once you make, once you go back, once you move this forward, there ain't no going back. This was inevitable. It's like, well then come on, boy. Won't you shake a poor sinner's hand? And he holds his hand out to you to shake. Ooh. I think... Jensen, rather than reaching out to take his hand, he's gonna lop the hand off with his sickles. Yeah, you just swoop, and his hand just falls off. But it's just like a puff of black smoke instead of blood coming out of his arm. It's like, why'd you have to go and do that? Death is neutral. It's not our place to decide who lives and who dies. Yeah, but um, but how do you think this power thing works? I gotta make a deal. And then you just see the hand just kind of float back up and reform back onto his arm. Did you want this? Did you want the power or not? Oh, I, I, I see what's happening. <laughs> okay. I was a little confused. <laughs> it's like, ah, oh, you kids these days. <laughs> With your Nintendos and your Wiis and your Bluetooths. <laughs> um, like, I think death would very much be a boomer. <laughs> <laughs> Jensen is going to look over at Rowan and Heinrich and he's going to look at the flames and he's going to reach out and take Death's hand. Alright. And what is this new theme you're replacing your logos with? Um, Just off the cuff, the one that I found that feels like it fits well is Magic Sword. If you can think of any that you feel like we can reskin sense. We can reskin magic sword of words like magic sickle or just your sickle in general. So okay, I'll scythe allow of it. death. Okay, scythe of death. <laughs> so yeah, you just feel as soon as you grab his hand, he immediately turns into black smoke and it just like envelops you as you feel like a part of you humanity just slip away. And you feel as this, you feel like the sickles you came before, they suddenly appear in your hand, but they are now more powerful than you've ever felt them to be before. And time hasn't stopped yet. You have this one moment to do something before everything starts going back. So is death gone? Or is Uh, he still there in front of me? He's gone now. Okay. Give me one second. I've been on a roll with references tonight. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to turn and look out across the devastation and the injuries and the death that surrounds him. And he is going to... Let's see. He's going to subdue the flames and stop the chaos is what he's going to try and do. So I'm not even going to make you roll to do that to subdue the flames. You just kind of like stick out your hand while still holding the single one kind of like two fingers up and you just slowly pass your hand over like every single flame it's just the flames just die out one by one by one. So anything else you want to do besides that? I think he's going to... Is... Will Scarlet and Mikey the Baker's Boy's bodies nearby? They're still at the... They're still at the entrance to the Hall of Mirrors, but they are unharmed. They were not touched by the fire. Okay, and they're still alive? They're still alive. They were just knocked unconscious. Then no, I think that's all I'm. All he wants to do is stop 
the chaos. Then roll hit. Tires. Make a hit with all you got. Roll. Right. Um. Let's see. I am going to use some of my new power tags that come with the magic sword. Um, I'm going to use the tag, the power to change the world, and if you allow it, vanquish gods and monsters. So, how many tags is that total? That's two. I'm going to give you another plus one just for this scene right now, so you can roll plus three. Seven. Alright, so you give him a three stats on Mackley. And then what we're going to do is... Pick, you pick one from the lit, pick one from this list, take cover, secure superior position, uh, get them good or get many of them. So it'll be a plus one, it'll increase the tier by one. So it'll be a three instead of a two. Or no, a four instead of a three. I mean, control the collateral damage, hold the target's attention, you gain the upper hand, take one juice. And this is a, this is what kind of move? This is the hit with all you got. So you're not, so you're automatically starting off giving him a three status. And then you get to pick one option from the list I just read out. Um, I'm going to do control collateral damage. Okay, so I'm going to say very slowly, kind of slow motion, everything starts to move as you've like full on charge at, for, at this wolf for, at Wolfman Forsetti. And as soon as Forsetti like kicks back and kicks and kicks throwing off his sickle he turns to look at you right as you bring your own sickle down into his neck oh and it's just like a it's like a very gargly wolf cries he's just red eyes locked and glaring at you now but basically yeah the collateral damage was Rowan getting like kicked out of the way okay all right, uh, Jens and no, Rowan, I mean, and Heinrich. <laughs> so, Rowan, you fall back, so you get kicked off and fall back. Heinrich, I will say, like, catches you so you don't fall to the ground. You both just watch as Jensen w- brings up this, so- this sickle and just sw- swipes into Forsetti's neck, and they're just now, and Forsetti and Jensen are like eyes locked with each other now, and you all can sense. That this is a completely different Jensen than what, who you knew before. Something's changed. Right, I'm gonna help him out. Alright, what is Rowan gonna do? Um, I'm gonna do share my... I'm gonna try and... Because it seems like these two... Death incarnates... Have got locked in with each other. I'm gonna see if I can... Like the equivalent of like a sneak attack, go for the back, that sort of thing. Using. Okay. Do you want me to go through my tags? Uh, yes. I was I was gonna say this is gonna be a hit with all you got roll since Jensen is currently distracting Forsetti. Um, I'm gonna do knows the way of thieves, as in a I know good vital places to stab at. Serendipitous mm-hmm. turn of events because that was a very serendipitous event. They share my mm-hmm. luck with others because I feel like that's a very lucky moment that we've just had. Okay. Plus three. Anything else? Go ahead. I need every single bit of it, so that makes it a total of six. Oh. Um. Is Hyra going to try anything? Uh. Yeah, during all this chaos. I imagine he'd like to try loading up the poison dart again and shooting it at the at Forsetti. Alright, so your poison darts are already starting you at a plus two, so is there anything else you want to add to it? Uh just pharmaceutical engineering and uh self pres well, oh wait, I already did self preservation instinct. I'll allow okay. you to use it again. So probably just those ones. Yeah, plus four. Oh, yeah, I also needed that. Uh, nine. Okay, so... This is also gonna be a hit with all you got on your part. You're automatically giving him a four status. And then you also get to pick uh, one from that uh, hit with all you got list. So, do I need to repeat the uh, options again, or...? 
uh, probably control the collateral damage so that way I don't hit him anybody else. Alright, yeah. So right as you, Rowan, sneak off swiftly into the shadows, Heinrich, you just pull out your needle gun, you just do 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 just shoot up for Seti, not missing a single needle on him. Just all these poison darts going into him, giving him a poison four status. I like it. But as but as uh, Rowan is about to try to get onto Forsetti, uh, Forsetti swings his other arm around and just BAPS him out of the way, setting him rolling onto the ground. And then uh, Jensen, I need you. I need him to run now. Roll. I need Jensen to roll face danger now. Okay. As he's gonna try to, as Forsetti's gonna swing back and try to strike at you. I don't think I have anything left for this scene that will help. So it'll just be flat roll. Okay, go ahead. Five. Yeah, so he is going to bring his his other arm. Is gonna The arm that he's about, he brings it back and he swipes at your stomach and slices it. So you have a slice three. Ooh. As you fall back. Forsetti turns around and is now glaring at Rowan as he like starts to walk towards him his sick is dragging back on the ground you should have stayed in cross end stupid thief (laughs) no I can't do that it's like he Forsetti starts to raise his 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 sickle high but then stops as all of a sudden everyone hears doobie doobie dooba doobie doobie dooba doobie doobie dooba and then there's a zoom as someone on a jetpack flies in shoots down from the sky and just lands a pop a kick into Forsetti sending him flying back and this band just gracefully just lands in front of Rowan and you all can now see a man in a teal suit orange tie and a brown fedora. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's like, sorry I'm late, boys. There was a holdup. It's like Detective Percival here. Also part-time gatekeeper. And Forsetti just looks up at, with just these, his eyes just glaring down Percival, just like a rival. And he's like, took you long enough. And you see as a, Detective Percival reaches in and pulls out a silver canister. He pops it off and rolls it on the ground towards Forsetti. And purple smoke starts to pour out in front of uh, Forsetti. Forsetti's just like, no! And he starts to, and Forsetti just starts to book it out of the carnival. Seems like my luck doesn't run out after all. Uh, Detective Percival walks around and holds out a hand to you, Rowan. It's like, you all right there, son? I've had better days. Alright, do you do you let him help you up? Yeah, I, I say that as he's pulling me up. Alright, and then um, he turns around, he sees uh, I'm with uh, Jensen, he's probably holding, I think Jensen's probably like got an arm like wrapped around, oh sorry, hitting my mic here. Jensen probably has an arm wrapped around his stomach, I'm guessing, from the slice. Yeah, probably. And he point and he snaps out and for Percival like calls over the Heimerich and says, you might want to help out your boy over there. Yes, indeed, indeed. And he, he like, he'll walk over to uh, Jensen, like, pulling out, like, a bunch of different medical supplies, like, stethoscope, just tossing it, and, like, like, only getting the essentials, like, the scalpel and sewing needles and stuff. Is this, is this doctor's bag supposed to be the rift of the bag of holding, I guess? (laughs) (laughs) That would be sick, actually. (laughs) It's like he just pulls out a whole ass operating <laughs> table out from the bag. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even going to make you roll for it. I'm going to say it's going to like take a little while, but you're going to get him all patched up and healed somewhat. So that way he's not going to die on you. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, so Detective Percival and Rowan, I'm guessing you two walk over to Heinrich and Jensen. Yeah. And Percival's like, so, anyone want to explain to me what's going on here? Oh, Forsetti just, you know, decided to kill us. You look you look like you're still living. Thanks to you. 
Oh yes, he's he was a failure. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, I knew for said he was up to something. It's like my my insider sources have been keeping tracks on a lot of stuff and safe for a while. Keep a track on you guys. Keep a track on him. There's not a thing y'all can do in this city that we don't know about. That's fun to hear. Far being a gatekeeper, we can't let the sleepers know about you guys. They'll just make more of you. Hey, I just try to keep my little neck of the woods safe. I understand that. And don't worry, I will personally see to it that Crossend gets some more reinforcement from the local police off police. It's like, you definitely, y'all definitely deserve it after this day. <laughs> I sure hope so. Oh my goodness. Oh, what's next? Yeah, y'all, yeah, you say that, Rowan, right? As like several like vehicles just appear out of nowhere. They're not police cars, they're all unmarked. As you see other off, as you see other people, uh, men in gray suits and hats, people in like almost like SWAT gear wearing like large coats, as they're just starting to secure the amusement park. And Percival's like, we'll tape off this scene, come up with a story to say for the newspaper, say what happened. But for the most part, this all stays hush. Alright. And he looks, uh, Percival, uh, Percival looks down at Jensen and is like, you gonna be alright there, son? I believe so. Never seen two uh, death mythoses before. But that was something else. I didn't realize there was more of me. Yeah, uh, for, yeah Forsetti has uh, Fender in him. So, bring her Ragnarok. Pretty close. Ah. That makes sense. Like I said, nothing in this city that we don't know as gatekeepers. Well, I guess we're not going to get too many more jobs from Forsetti. Anyway, we can help you out. It's like, you see him uh, put on a pair of sunglasses? And he pulls a little device out from his pocket? And it pops up and he goes, Oh, I was never here. And then there's a flash of light. And the next thing y'all know, y'all are back at the syrup shack. Is it just Detective Percival that we don't remember? Oh no, you, uh... So, you remember the leprechaun. You remember mm-hmm. fighting for Seti. But, af- but after uh, the fight with Forsetti starts, you can't remember anything else. Okay. Like, y'all don't know any idea of how you got there. I've got back to the Serb Shack. But there's a newspaper already on your table, and it says that the murders have been solved, and that the uh, cause of the murders has was uh, killed by police. That's good to hear. I'm glad that they were able to figure out who got Johnny. Oh, I'm never eating French toast again. <laughs> Not agreeing with you, Doc? It's like, and then you just hear Wendy go, Did someone say French toast? <laughs> He'll like gag in his mouth a little. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, more pocket bacon coming up! So, yeah, y'all are just sitting there in the syrup shack. Just talking away, eating something, and it, everything just it pants out away. We see a cloaked figure standing on a roof, just looking down at the syrup shack. And there's a pair of red eyes that beam out from it before turning around and disappearing into the city. Oh no. And the screen cuts to black. Okay, that was wow. that was a funnel time. Yeah, that was exciting. That was a real movie. Yeah, so now what we're going to do now for a little, since we have a little time, it's a segment that's called Geeking Out After the Credits. Uh, what I do it for these one-shots, we just kind of, I don't do, like, what it says on the thing. This is just to talk about, like, what y'all liked about the game, what you didn't like, like, favorite moment kind of deal and all that. So, start with uh, Jens first. What do you think? Um, very different system than what I'm used to generally, but not in a bad way at all. Um, I quite liked the cinematic feel that you were able to present. Nice. Was there any, was what was like your favorite thing about playing this, or like a favorite moment? Um, I love that each of the characters that we have were connected to a different kind of um 
ethos that the the concept of that urban fantasy idea was super fascinating to me and it was a really unique character building challenge all right is there anything that you didn't like about it that you would see changed um i'm wondering how our one shot connects into your larger narrative it's I was kind of making it like it's like one of those things where it's like it fits in, but it's not canon in a sense. So, but I just took this opportunity. I just threw a lot of different aspects of like City of Mist lore into it, like the gatekeepers, Helix Labs. Um, sub- I think the uh, I didn't do as much of well, but there is like a council of like Avatar Mythoi that run the city in the shadows. So I kind of was hitting at that a little bit with some of these higher ups, but not really as well as I wanted to. I definitely think I could have done some parts a little better, but like I said, I was just kind of pulling most of this out of my butt. <laughs> and because, like, and I usually just like to, like I said, I, I always say, I know I want to start it off. I have a rough idea of how it's going to end, but everything in between is always the players and the rules of the dice. So, question mm-hmm. for you How did we as players do considering this was our first time? Um, you all actually did very good. Um, it's actually interesting because I'm so used to like the chaotic uh, D&D podcasters I've played with, like Eldritch Buds, Death by Valentine Crits, Swords and Sky Mommies. Definitely more chaotic than what you guys play. So it was definitely a different feel, but I also felt like that really helped with like the seriousness of kind of what was going on in the story. Mm-hmm. So we still had like our fun little moments. Mostly I did because I'm just wired that way. So all my fun little references and things <laughs> I just like to spew out from time to time. But yeah, you guys did really good. So I really have fun with this. Uh, all right, Riley. Yeah, like, it's like Jen said. It's like uh, different from what I'm used to, but it was still pretty sick. I trying to think. I <laughs> love the fact that I'm, I'm able to like just have the syringe gun and everything. I thought that was so sick. <laughs> like the character <laughs> creation and stuff is cool because you have all this technology and stuff you can use. Um, uh, it's you have like a lot of options on your turn. Yeah, I also I really do appreciate that you were let me able to kind of keep on doing the, the little jokes with your character that we have oh, in yeah. session zero. I like that you allowed <laughs> it to play into it. Like you could have told me at any point to stop, and I would have had no issue with that. But the fact that you just let that <laughs> roll just made that I think so much better. So, cause like it's like. So yeah, I was trying to keep with the C because I was still thinking like this sort of evil emporium joke I made with my meme. So oh, yeah, <laughs> having a car—that's so, like if, if I ever play this game again, I'm definitely making sure my all my characters have cars. It's <laughs> <laughs> so amazing. Yeah. You can, I you know, in actuality, I messed up on when to introduce a detective Percival. He was supposed to have been at that crime scene y'all went to, and it completely slipped my mind. Oh, uh, that, that was supposed to have been like, oh, he's here. And then I'm like, oh, I'll just mention it, and then he'll be, like, the one that saves the day. Because I was basically kind of playing, like, because this was a death incarnate, there was no way you were going to, like, truly defeat him. Mm-hmm. So I just was so, I felt it was going to be, like, you'll just fight him as long as you can. And then the first one would show up and save the day with his gatekeeper buddies. It definitely felt like a really cool setup for if this group or this story were to continue. Like, having Fenrir, Persetti, like, that constant antagonistic force in the background is a oh, really yeah. fun idea. Yeah. I had I had to use all my willpower to stop myself from saying something, Skylar, when you told me that your character had sickles, and I'm like, but my character had sickles. <laughs> I, I know. From. I totally got them from Death from Puss in Boots, too, because I was like, I liked the idea of a weapon that is reminiscent to the typical grim reaper scythe but something a little more modern and that would make more sense for my character to be carrying i was like oh the sickles from puss in boots like that makes so much sense so then when the minute you mentioned the wolf in the the lines i started to put the pieces together and i was like oh and then you made the like wolf growling noise i was like "Uh uh-oh yeah, because <laughs> yeah, because I saw like that Puss in Boots film on, on YouTube clips. I'm just like, I'm making that a character, mm-hmm. and I was like, but I wanted to stick with the wolf aspect. So I'm like, what is a wolf mythos I could do to bring around death? And then I found, and then I started about Fenrir, how he was supposed to bring about Ragnarok, the end of the gods, and all mm-hmm. that. That was perfect. The minute you mentioned the Nordic runes, I was like, oh, this is totally Fenrir. 
That was yeah. really cool. And it was kind of a fun way to, even though our characters ended up being so similar, it was fun to see the different takes on death. Like, I yeah, I really love the idea of like opposing death mythoid, just battling mm-hmm. it out. Like and the I one love- guy who's like, death is. I dish death out. I control who lives or dies. And then the version of death where it's like, no, death is just a natural thing. It's neutral to everything. I thought that was really fun. Yeah. And I just thought it was really cool. Just so people can lose uh, themes usually by like how, like if they like, cause the, the, how the game mechanic works is if you like fade or crack three times on your theme, you lose that and have to replace it with the opposite. If you lose logos, replace it with the mythos. If you lose a mythos, replace it with the logos. The mm. fact that you were like, I want to forcibly remove part of myself to help my friends is something that I don't think has ever been done by any person who's played City of Mist ever. I think this is the first time when I've had someone, where I've heard someone be like, I'm going to sacrifice part of me to help my friends and defeat That was such guy. a cool moment. I do want to say. Yeah, that was sick. And the yeah. fact that you got the exact role that you needed to be able oh, to replace the theme without suffering any of extra consequences yeah. for it. All those bad roles at the beginning of the session was just the universe building up my luck for that <laughs> role. Because, hold on, I'm trying to pull it up really quick so I can look at it really quick. Because on the ultimate, this is what it says. For the ultimate stop holding back option. On a 729, you are killed, destroyed, or transformed forever for now. And you take a tier 6 status and you cannot fa- face danger. But on a 10 plus, replace one theme. Mm-hmm. So if you, got, if you got any lower than 10, you would have just been... Death would have just overpowered you and oh probably killed gosh. you. Or yeah. just... Or you would have been that was insane. Or you would have just been like a shallow, uh, like a shallow husk that the death incarnate would take over to fight the Fenrir. And it makes me think of like in that latest like uh, DC animated film when Trigon and Darkseid are fighting each other. That's how I imagine that would be like between the Grim Reaper and Fenrir. I almost was mm-hmm. thinking back to during one of our sessions of Fireside Dice where it was like with with Riley we needed to have. Um, the patron take over so they couldn't be killed immediately by this um, I think it was like a challenge rating 17 character um, Jace, Jace Bellerin because that was, a, that was when he was facing the yeah I was about to say that was when he was, they were facing the Playwalker guy that was one of my favorite yeah, episodes I love that. when that scene happened I'm just like ah! so yeah Man, this was really good. It's like I was, and when I was trying to get, like, how am I going to get the leprechaun to attack you? And I'm just thinking, oh, he could just summon copies of himself. I figured that was like one of the funniest and coolest things that could have happened. And that was perfect so, for mm-hmm. overwhelming us. And I was like, <laughs> I, I have this, I have a problem I've discovered of creating characters who are not equipped to fight. Like, I, my character in Fireside Dice has the same problem. When it comes to combat, he's just not prepared. And so when we had to fight the Leprechaun today, I was like, um, I don't know what to do. <laughs> Jensen is more about, like, learning stuff and investigating. He's not a fighter. I'm surprised at how adept I was at fighting, because my guy's more about, like, sneaking and sneaky sneaky. Yeah, I think that was kind of the weird thing we did was we made Robin Hood, but without any weaponry, and we made it work. <laughs> I was figuring yeah. that I was going to go for like and the Bowie knife rather than having a full-blown bow during this whole time. Because I'm like, how would you do a bow in modern times? Like, there's the crossbow, but it, okay. it would be super weird and just didn't quite vibe with me. So I was like, you know what? We're going to go more for like the Robin Hood sort of like Prince of Thieves where we're going with the knife and we're going more for like the sneaking and like I'm everyone's best friend. So one podcast I listened to the City of Mist, they, when they had an NPC that was a rift of Robin Hood, how he would do his bow is it was like a light construct that he could just summon at will. So like it would just appear like a light bow would just appear in his hands and it's kind of like um, oh what's that one movie about with the uh the guy with the bow and arrow, when he pulls it back, the arrow forms in the bow. He doesn't have to, like, quill it. He doesn't have to, like, pull one from his quiver or anything. Clash of the Gods, I think. That's mm-hmm. what it was called. When he gets that b- magic bow, and he only has to pull the string, and the arrow just forms in his hand. That's what this Robin Hood did, was he had a light contract bow, and he could just... It would just magically make the arrows for him. 
that's a cool idea. Yeah, I think that freedom of expression is one of my favorite things about the City of Mist oh, yeah. system. It's like, like if you can dream a character, there is a way to do it. Like you can play anything, which I think is really cool. For me, the weakness came in the combat, and this isn't the first time I've played a system like this where, like, rather than dealing straight up damage like you do in D and D, what I'm used to, you the statuses uh, principle, I've played that in another system before. And I had the same issue then of like, I just don't know how to do combat in these kind of systems. Uh, it was still fun, but that's the one area that I'm like, that's hard to wrap my head around coming from D and D where I'm used to just roll the dice number crunch. You've got a set amount of HP. Like that was the part that was hardest to wrap my head around. Yeah, I can understand that. And like how, like I described earlier to you guys, I think during our session zero was I didn't like how they do the, to me, the stacking uh, stasis works more than trying to do a pip counter because it's less math I have to worry about than trying to say, oh, like this three stats has like two pips on it or whatever before it comes up to a four or whatever. That's like, that's too confusing to me. So I just found the way I did it a lot better. But then like, I understand like, like that section when Jizz got confused about which one to apply and all that, or did they add together or not? So, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I've, there's always going to be an issue with any game depending on what you're doing with yeah. it. So, every like, system has its strengths for sure. But I think the stasis also serve as the help. Is it's not that easy to be killed as mm-hmm. well as like a player because you literally have to get like a six status in order to be like you're dead. It's like, mm-hmm. and even at a five status, you're just kind of like basically prone and you can still like try to recover from that before you get up to the six status mm-hmm. it, it just gets to the issue of are you ready to, like when it comes to like facing the big bad do you have what it takes and can you come up with the right combo of stuff to take him down good and fast before he gets you because there are some monsters like in the city of mist book that they have some pretty good stasis that could like almost like insta hit mm-hmm. people sometimes like in my Demons and Cross End case, uh, the Rift of the Avenging Angel NPC, her silver guns could basically give people a tier five status. So it was a so when wow. the guy so when the guy one of my players took the guns away from her, it took away her ability to do any like major damage. Dang. So yeah, and then for uh, and basically for Forsetti, I was just kind of treating him as normal. There wasn't anything good, but basically, if you wanted to like just straight up like get rid of him for good, you would have had to like try to give him a six status. And I knew with how it was going, like this, it was gonna be. I didn't want to like drag out the fight or anything. It was gonna be a long fight, so I just knew like if I get it at least to a four, I'll have Percival come in and he'll save the day. Mm. Gotcha. And then uh, the entire time all this is going on, there's a mysterious other roller coaster being risen up on the other side of the city. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Mom, the boys burned down the carnival again. <laughs> oh, I love that I was able to bring in like all oh. of the named figures from Robin Hood's Merry Band. Yeah. I was very impressed by that. I do my That research. was very impressive. <laughs> I'm just sad they didn't hold up as well. I was rolling poorly for them. <laughs> it's like, because I don't always just like to say, like, oh, there's all to succeed. I'm like, I'll leave it to chance and we'll see what happens, kind of deal. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was really good. I think that that upped the ante for us. It was like, hey, they're not doing okay. How can we change the situation? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I almost forgot for a split second that I had it set in my head that when the leprechaun dies, the constructs would disappear. And then I, I still had you all fight for the, leper, the Construct Leprechaun, so that one round, even after he, he was killed. I did notice that. I was <laughs> like, oh no, I would have thought they would have disappeared, but if we still have to deal with these guys. That's no bueno. Well, this, this, it kind of is like sometimes these are happening like side-by-side kind of deal, because it That's is very true. much film noir-esque kind of feeling, so... Kind of like how D and D the turns are like six, the rounds are like six seconds long, kind of feeling. Mm-hmm. It's like this multiple scenes could happen side by side instead of everyone taking turns. Yeah. So, so it's like as you were trying to escape and get out of there, they're fight, and you as soon as like you're trying to escape and fight out, and you hear like Forsetti kill the leprechaun. They're like trying to hold off these constructs as fast as they can before, so that way you can get out of there. And I'm like, oh, this is a perfect time to set things ablaze, figuratively and literally. 
I love that you took all of those different yeah, clue pieces and everything that was seen in the camera was brought in. I feel like that's one of the things that I fail at when I'm running the game is bringing back pieces that I've brought up previously. That continuity piece was so cool. Yeah. So, yeah, a lot of the city miss cases, if you read like some of the case study books, so literally it's called the iceberg system. Where it's like, there's what you see at the top, but the deeper you go, the more there is, and everything ties into one big iceberg. Mm-hmm. So that's basically kind of the deal. Or I think it's actually, it starts from the bottom with, there's so many things going on, but it all reaches like a final point. It's one way or the other, I can't remember, but they both make sense. Yeah, you handled my, my camera tricks very well. Yeah, I thought the camera thing was interesting, because it's like, oh, he can be able to see the clues that the others can't see. Mm-hmm. So I'm very glad I got to play with that. And then Roan was really good just for the combat-wise. And then Hyrick just as a character was just astounding. <laughs> and, it, and it's a good thing y'all did have a doctor on standby. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like, just as you always need a cleric in D&D, you always need some sort of healer in City of Mist. <laughs> yeah, I've never played a healer or anything like that in role-playing. This that was pretty fun. This closest that you get. <laughs> Yeah. It's like, behold, my healinator! And it's that needle gun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was just expecting him to say, like, oh, here's my uh, healinator, here's my stabinator, here's my platypus findinator. <laughs> okay, I, I have one question about Heinrich now. What on earth is in that Seriously? fridge? Can I take this? Yeah. So how I was playing it out, you know, so in the Team Fortress 2, for the, the movie for the medic, he opens the fridge, and there's the head of the spy in the fridge, oh. and it's still alive and talking. So that was my intention. This was like someone's head in the fridge. Oh, yeah, still yeah. Alive. <laughs> yeah, and like, he opens oh, the fridge, man. and the head's just like, kill me. And he's like, later. Later. <laughs> <laughs> I was totally thinking it was going to be like a platypus, or like, basically the Perry the Platypus character, but like had been caught and was just waiting to escape. Oh no, he was out and about. Like I said, he was supposed yeah. to be at that first crime scene because I had set up in the game, this is his, the Detective Force said he's kind of like detective partner. Because mm-hmm. that's also secretly a gatekeeper. And in gate- yeah. gatekeepers, the same as lore, hide the rift activity. Because, see, gatekeepers aren't rifts, but they can use the mist to their benefit as, like, weapons. So mm-hmm. that can he threw out is actually a mist-canceling mist grenade. Oh. So that's why Forsetti ran from it because if Forsetti got stuck in the smoke, it would have like literally like nullified his mythos powers entirely. Dang. Yeah, I did that in my Swords and Sky Mommy one shot too with them as well. So I was able to use that. Just because the gatekeepers are so underused and there's such a cool part to the City of Mist story. Like you have oh, you have these sleepers that are just working them the normal day. You have the rifts. That are just living normal lives, doing what they can without like exposing themselves. You have the avatars that are running everything behind the scenes, and then you have the gatekeepers that are just like keep everything silent. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so, any other final thoughts y'all have about this game? I had a lot of fun. These are really fun oh, characters, yeah. and yeah. I love the story that we Thank got you to for tell. Having us seriously. <sighs> yeah, this was a lot of fun. This is great. Yeah, it's like I. I love, like, a lot of people get on here, it's like, I love their shows, love your guys' show. And so Thank I just, just figure, get people on here. And it's like, I love bringing people into this system. It's like, hey, there's also this, too. And it's not that hard to learn once you get the hang of it, yeah. usually. So and that's what it is with most Powered by the Apocalypse systems, because this also, like, Monster of the Week is Powered by the Apocalypse as well. So. All right. All right, so do y'all want to shout out your plugs again to the listeners before we close this out? Yeah, absolutely. So we're all from the Live Play D&D podcast, Fireside Dice. Like uh, Hunter was saying at the beginning of the show, we are currently playing a Magic the Gathering-themed campaign where we're playing a bunch of Planeswalkers who cause our DM gens a lot of headaches. It hasn't been too bad thus far. Um (laughs) <laughs> thus can, far is the key word thus far yeah <laughs> um, you can find us on all major podcast platforms like Spotify, Google Podcasts Apple Podcasts and YouTube and if you want to follow our show 
Um, the best way to do that is to connect with me on Instagram, and that's at realms underscore of underscore roleplaying. And you can always find me on Instagram under Mysteries Unknown Podcast at Mist Unk Podcast, M I S T U N K Podcast. And my podcast, Mysteries Unknown, is also available on all the major podcast platforms, as we have listed earlier. And if you ever just want to reach out and talk about anything, you can always email me at mistunkpodcast at gmail.com. And also, because I just want to be able to celebrate this on an episode, as of like this recording and yesterday, I have reached a thousand followers on my Instagram account after doing this for like half a year. So I've reached, this is a big milestone for me. And I need your congrats for that, dude. Seriously, that's a big achievement. Yeah, it's like, I didn't think I was going to reach there, and then it's like, I saw it inching closer, and I'm like, is it going to get there? And then someone decided to unfollow me, like, right after I made the post, and I'm like, yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> because another podcast I follow, Blood on, the, Blood on the Dice, they're doing a Curse of Strahd campaign, like the actual module, and he jokingly said that, and then someone did, and he messaged me like, I did me literally, and I'm just like, and I jokingly me like, you fucker! <laughs> <laughs> No, but that's another good podcast. Blood the Dice, also available on all platforms. So, if you guys hear this, love you guys, great show and all that. I'm definitely going to get in the Curse of Strahd at some point myself, so just because I like vampires, and this is much better than Twilight, in my opinion. Well, so. funnily <laughs> enough, ours is actually Curse of Strahd in Magic the Gathering. I know. Uh, did did, Sk- did Skylar show you the message I sent him when I confronted him about that, being like, is this Curse of Strahd? Everyone is doing and then Christmas when he job. told me it's yes, fun. it's really it's a good old time. Yeah, but Ryan Skeller confirmed that yes, it was. I was like, ha! I knew it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you guys are doing a good spin on it though, especially with your Mag- Magic: The Gathering set, uh, centered scene mm-hmm. with this game. It definitely is making it interesting. The idea of planeswalking to di- the different worlds and all that. So mm-hmm. yeah, Jens is doing a great job. Oh yeah. Yeah, and unfortunately, two of our two of the players from Fireside Dice couldn't make it for this one, but they're in our hearts, and we hope they're doing well and getting better. If that's the case as well, so Josh, Emma, we love you both. Yeah, make sure you listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm Hunter with Jens, Rally, and Skyler. Uh, we hope you all had a great time listening to this uh, special uh, late St. Patrick's Day one-shot. It's still going to be late when I get it out, but it is St. Patty's Day nonetheless, because leprechauns are funny as hell. So, <laughs> All right. Thank you all again for joining me. Thank I had you. a blast. Us too. End of part three. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Mysteries Unknown Podcast. The background music you hear is from the official CMS soundtracks made by Son of Oak Studios. The content warning at the beginning was done by Ryan Bravo of Odd Loot. Any other characters and content mentioned on here belong to the rightful creators and owners. My name is Hunter the MC, and join me next time as we investigate the City of Mist.